Welcome to Mature Allure, where we highlight the experiences and perspectives of women in midlife. I'm your host, Sherry O, and today I'm very excited to welcome Camille Wright Felton. Hi, Camille. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. So, Camille, I've been introduced to you, but Mm -hmm. how about if you introduce yourself to everyone else? Tell us a little bit about Camille. All right. I am a native of St. Petersburg, Florida a graduate of Howard University School of Communications, as you are. Um, I majored in radio, TV, and film production. I specialize in television production. Uh, My first career has been in uh, television news, and I currently work with CNN. I've worked for them for about 30 years now. Um, And my kind of side gig uh, personal business is photography. I do headshots and branding photography. Awesome. That sounds good. So you said your side gig. Yeah. Uh, are you thinking about moving that side gig into being more of, let's say, maybe with retirement, a full-time gig? Yes, eventually. Um, I'm not in any particular hurry to, to kind of rush it along. I think um, I want to kind of slowly build it up and make sure I have kind of a solid um, a solid business before I try to make it my full-time business. Uh, make my income from that full time. Mm -hmm. Well, because we are a show that interviews and talks to women in midlife, Mm -hmm. I always Mm -hmm. like to ask women how they see themselves now in midlife, how they view themselves, their lives and, and where it's, where they've been and where they're going. Um, I think I never, when I was younger, I didn't didn't necessarily think about where I would be in my 50s. Um, I think just kind of following my mom's example, who does not seem to let getting older bother her. She's always said that getting older is much better than the alternative. Um, She worked, I can't, she might have been 65 when she retired and she's still you know, she volunteers and she's still kind of out and about and she just turned 80 last year. I think having that example, as well as her sisters, they're all, they all um, worked. They just always work. It's never been mm-hmm. kind of an issue of, am I getting too old to work? If they needed to work, they worked. Um, that's mm-hmm. just what they did. And um, she has been a great example of just kind of you keep moving and keep doing whatever you've always done, no matter what your age is, it shouldn't matter how old you get. And I don't think I've been particularly hung up about getting older. Um, I kind of joke around uh, with the younger people at my job about it a lot, but it's never really bothered me. And I don't think I probably should think about kind of what, what getting older means, but it doesn't bother me. I'll say that it's not something I'm worried about or afraid of. I didn't, you know, have anxiety or anything when I turned 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think it's, it's been good. I've, I haven't had any problems with it. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think it's anything you, you just get older. Like you said, your mom says, or what's the alternative, but mm-hmm. like, what does being older or getting older mean? Well, who knows that you just take it day by day. So I right. agree with you. I don't think you need to put in a whole lot of thought. But Mm -hmm. from the perspective of as you get older and as you, like you said, you have the side gig of being a Mm -hmm. photographer. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that, because a lot of people in midlife 
either have hobbies, they're thinking about moving into a full-time business, or mm-hmm. they have hobbies that they want to do just kind of like you. Um, grow it into something as a side right. gig. Let's talk a little bit about your life and photography. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I, I started uh, taking pictures of my kids when they were younger. Um, and I decided since I had invested money in a, a good camera that I would invest the time to learn how to use it. I took classes at um, the Atlanta School of Photography. Uh, it's currently the Atlanta School of Photography. It used to be Showcase School of Photography. Um, and I also got a digital uh, photography certificate from em- Emory University's evening program. Um, I would uh, enter enter contests and different events around the city and a couple um, in the state of Georgia. Um, and I got juried into a couple of things and I got good feedback from the people who did portfolio reviews about my work, which was really encouraging. But what happened at one of them is I, I do a lot of landscapes. I've done a lot of mm-hmm. landscape work. And for one of these reviews during uh, Atlanta Celebrates Photography Month, I decided, well, let me just throw in some pictures of people that I have just so they, I can get some feedback on that and see what happens. And uh, one reviewer said, "These your landscapes are really good, but you really should contra- concentrate on people, mm. which I hadn't really thought about. Um, I, I think I kind of liked doing landscapes just because I could go anywhere and do them. I have a series of Southern landscapes. I take road trips to different places around the South and just take pictures of riverfronts or landmarks or old buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have a photograph up in the international terminal at Atlanta Hartsfield at airport. Um, but once I got that feedback, I, that was, like I said, it was encouraging. So I decided, well, maybe I'll concentrate on maybe doing portraits. I did, did some street photography and I accidentally kind of stumbled into doing headshots when a colleague at, uh, at CNN told another colleague, colleague of ours who's looking for a dating profile picture, so Camille can do that. Camille actually hadn't done that, but I figured, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I actually, I, I did a little research about it and kind of looked into what people who are needed photos for dating profiles were looking for, and it turned out really well, um, and it worked out for her. So I figured, well, that's something that I could actually make a living out of. Maybe I need to concentrate on on learning more about it learning what kind of setups, what kind of lighting I needed. And I'd like to read and do research about any and everything. So I did a lot of research and found a style I liked. And again, took more classes and did more workshops. And I found a style that I like and kind of a method of doing things. And I, you know, take, do my own photographs. I do my own retouching. And it's all either in these, I've learned from these classes or from things like classes on YouTube and, and you taught, different YouTube tutorials. Um, it's been, and it's, it's been um, a lot of fun. It's been interesting. I've learned a lot over the years and I've kind of involved my family in it too. My husband and my kids have been my uh, kind of models, my stand-in models. And my son helps me now during my photo shoots. He's mm-hmm. kind of my photo assistant and does, uh, takes photos of kind of behind the scenes things for me. Nice. So, mm-hmm. When you say um, they ask you to do a dating profile picture, Mm -hmm. Uh that's really interesting because now 
with everybody dating online. Like that's how you're meeting people. Right. Before it was basically, oh, I need to get my headshots done. Yeah, you could get mm-hmm. headshots for modeling. You could get headshots for business. You could, but right. it wasn't really dating profiles. Like what makes, I, I think that's really interesting. That's why I'm mm-hmm. asking. What mm-hmm. makes a dating profile headshot? Like what makes that stand out? If that's the right question. I think for, well, it, it's, you know, it's a good question. I think there are different, there are different things that, that you can use profile any your headshots for. There are dating profiles. You want to show people for actually for any headshot, you people want to know what you look like. They want to get a sense of who, who you are for dating profiles because you, you want to spend some time with this person. You want to get a good idea of, you want to get a sense of their personality from their picture. Can the same can be said for LinkedIn profiles, although it's a different kind of relationship. It's a business business relationship or an employee employer relationship. Someone who is scrolling through LinkedIn profiles, looking for somebody to work with, looking for somebody to interview. It's the first impression. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to use for dating or for LinkedIn. You don't want to use something with bad lighting, something where you don't get a good look at the person's face. You don't want to use something that's too old. For both those situations, you kind of want to be upfront with your audience, essentially. <laughs> um, people will use things. They'll cut themselves out of um, group photos or they'll cut an X out of a photo and use that. Or um, my favorite is the front seat selfie where you get to work, you look good, the lighting is good coming through that front, you're coming through your windshield and you take a, take a picture and use that. That You can use that for Facebook, don't use that for LinkedIn. You want to appear, you want to appear um, professional like you're getting ready to go in for an interview. Mm. Um, LinkedIn's research shows that uh, people who have profile photos get maybe 20 times more um, reviews or people will stop and look at their their profile information 20 more times often than someone who doesn't have one. And people with photographs get interactions and messages about nine times more than somebody who doesn't have one. So if you're mm-hmm. looking to meet someone either for dating or for work or for business, that's what you want to do. If that's going to be the one thing, that's not going to be the only thing that gets you the job, but if that gets somebody's attention, then having a, a good headshot is worth the time and money. Wow. I mean, I guess you think about it. And this is really a good point to make, especially if somebody is on like LinkedIn and they're wanting to change careers or Mm -hmm. looking to start a new profession or wanting to join a certain group. Mm -hmm. I guess just grabbing an older picture, like you said, you don't want anything that's too old, but people actually do put 20 year old pictures up. You know, yeah, and- I think people, sometimes people either they feel like they don't have the time and they want to, want to kind of put themselves out there in a hurry. So they just grab whatever it is they have on hand, which yeah. I can understand and which might do in a pinch. But as soon as you get the opportunity, you need to find somebody to work with to get a decent headshot done. Um, it's again, it's worth the time and money. People will spend money on career coaches. They'll spend time and money to pay a resume writer to get the resumes redone, it's it's the same thing. You're kind mm-hmm. of investing your time and your money in your career and getting new headshots is part of that. What is the what is the average cost of that? Just so people can kind of get an idea um, what they should it, spend. 
It can, it depends. I mean, there are people who on the low end will charge maybe $99 for a headshot, which is kind of, it could be kind of cheating. The photographer is cheating themselves and, and perhaps cheating the customer as well. $99. That's a, like I said, that's the low end and you might not get the best, the best experience or the best headshot with that. Um, mine start at, um, around 350 and up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have packages that if you just need one headshot, you need to hurry up and get it done. I have a, kind of an entry level package where it takes 30 minutes and it can take less than that depending on, you know, how things work. I talk people through their session. I don't take any more time than I need, but I take just enough time to make sure the lighting's right and to talk them through the session. I don't kind of point the camera at them and tell them they cheese like it's a ninth grade photo. Yeah. So that's exactly what it's going to look like if you if that's the kind of session you're getting. And mm-hmm. kind of take time to make people feel comfortable. We talk about the outfits they're going to wear. I make arrangements for them to uh, get makeup artists if they if they need that or if they want that. Um, we will spend time um, looking at the photos while we're doing the shoot. So I'll take a few photos, have them stop and come to my computer. I shoot tethered into a computer. So we can stop and make sure we're getting exactly what they want and what they need and what looks good. Um, not everybody will know exactly what the best look is or the best pose. That's my job. That's my job to kind of help them along with that. Um, uh-huh. I want people to get the pictures that they like, but I also want them to get what they need and what's going to help them uh, catch attention of their next date, their next employer, or um, their next acting gig. Um, it all, they're all kinds of little things that I coach them through to make sure we get a great, a great shot. So what do you do with people who, how do I want to put this? I do not take good pictures at all. See, that's not, mm, that's not See, necessarily true. You think you don't take pictures, good pictures. You might've not, you probably haven't worked with somebody who can help you take the best pictures. Um, people will say they, they aren't photogenic. They don't take good pictures. You need somebody that you can work well with to help you take the right pictures. If a, a good photographer, somebody who's had the proper training, will know not only the right lighting, the right poses. They will. I hold a conversation with people I, I work with. I Ahead of time, I will send them information in questionnaires to kind of find out what it is they're looking for, what they need. I will help them. Uh, pick their outfits. I will send guides on the best things to wear, on what colors they like. Now, if somebody wants to wear some, if somebody's kind of look, if their thing is to wear, I don't know, a bright pink shirt and bright green glasses, then they, that's what we'll do. Yeah. I will work to make that look as good as it need, is I, I can make it look so they will be happy with the picture. If they're happy with the picture and they're happy while I'm taking the picture, that comes through and that will come through to the person that, that is looking at the photo and the person they're trying to uh, trying to make contact and try to build a relationship with. I think another thing people will say is they're not photogenic. That's not true either. That is all made up. I read an article in The Atlantic recently that that was something a, um, a movie mogul made up 100 years ago in order to try to sell an actor he was working with. Mm. So people tell you things, they tell themselves things, and it's kind of, it's my job to help people get over and to get past that. And to show them that, yes, you do take good photographs. We just need to work a little bit to do it. 
And you know what? It's interesting that you say that because I notice my best pictures are when I'm not thinking about it. Like you said, you mm -hmm. have conversations, but like initially, because I've always kind of told myself that and then I get pictures and I'm like, oh, that was crazy. Mm -hmm. It was usually because I felt tense or some kind of right. anxiety about it. And it came through in the picture. It exactly. really came through. Yeah. And it, it, I understand people feeling nervous about it. I'm not thrilled about having my picture taken either, but I have to do it. I can't, you know, claim to be a, an expert headshot photographer and not have a good headshot. So I will <laughs> go everywhere. I, I went last year. I might be due for another set. And I go to someone who um, has kind of studied with the same people I have, and they they know how to to speak to their subject in order to get a good reaction out of them, in order to get a natural expression, a genuine expression. My goal is to get a photograph that if a friend of yours looked at your picture, they'll say, that's my girl. That mm. when you go in for an interview, that somebody who's only seen you on LinkedIn will say, this is who I'm expecting. You don't want to send have a twenty year old picture because you'll they'll the first thing they'll think is that's not right that's not what I'm expecting what else are they hiding what else do I need to be on the lookout for this person that's not the impression you want to start off with when you when you're meeting somebody especially in an employment situation yeah well how how often should someone get headshots um I would say it depends if you like if you change your hairstyle a lot probably once every year. Mm. Maybe two years will do. Um, for actors, I've had actors come in um, probably every year if they're getting ready for a big audition or they need um, to send in a photo with a different look. They can, people can come in more often than that, but I think mm -hmm. probably every year or two is, is probably the best amount of time. Okay. Okay. Um, is there one particular shoot you can think of that? It, it today kind of shapes how you do your business, whether it was a, a, a good one particular photo shoot, I should say, that mm -hmm. you had that kind of shaped how you do business today, whether it was good or bad, a situation um, you went through. There is a woman that I, um, a friend of mine, actually, we got to know each other. We had uh, uh, suites next to each other. She is a, a esthetician and nail technician. Um, and I do photographs, I take photographs of her products and I was doing headshots for her. And she, at the end of the session, when I was selling her her pictures, she was, first she was really excited and happy, but then she teared up. She was just, she had been going through some things and she said the photograph made her feel like herself again. And mm. I think before that I had, I mean, I understand that people will, They'll see photos like, oh, that's great. That makes me feel great about themselves. But she, the way she felt it and the way she expressed it um, made me realize how important this is just to people. That kind of talking people through whatever anxieties they have, whatever problems they think they have with how they look or how they think they look, mm -hmm. that it's important. It, it, it's important to them, so it's important to me. I try to do whatever I can to make people feel better about being in front of the camera. Some people are just nervous about being in front of the camera. They don't think they'll look good. And when I show them that this is what you look like, this is, this is how you look to me. This is how you look to my camera. Then it's, it's great to see people light up like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I'm one of those people. So like when I come to you, I'm like, girl, yes, I I do. do. Because just even listening to you makes me feel better because I am just like, I mean, you have no idea. I've taken pictures where even my brother, he makes fun of me. He's like, I mean, Sherry, somebody will say, see cheese and your pictures come back like you said Gouda. You know, like you're just (laughs) really, that's that's how bad me and pictures are. So you said you give clients, when you talk to them ahead of time, you give them kind of a list of what they should do or how they should prepare or what they should do for the photo shoot. Right. The the main thing is to relax. I don't want Mm -hmm. them to come in anticipating that it's going to be a problem or a struggle to get it done. I try to make it as fun as I can. I try to make it as comfortable. I mean, not everybody is kind of um, uh, kind of a happy-go-lucky personality. I, I try to get a sense of what they like and what they don't like. If I feel like, or if they say they want a particular music to play, if that's going to make them feel better, then I will find out ahead of time what that is, and I will play it up for them. Um, the other thing I like to do is I will send out a series of questions to find out um, what kind of, especially for branding clients, what kind of mood they want their photos to be in. Um, if they're actors, um, I ask about what kind of role they're going for. Are they trying to maintain a certain look or a certain kind of character that they always play, or are they trying to change that up and go for a new kind of character? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a business person, are they brushing up headshots? Are they... Um, starting a new position, so maybe they want new headshots in order to go with their their announcements. They've, they're starting a new job. Is it somebody who's looking for a new job and they just need they need to look a certain way for a certain job that they're going for? There are people who have their own businesses. They will come in. Um, a guy might want to wear a tie for a few pictures and maybe um, they will maybe let's do one without the tie or change jackets, maybe you want a, a more casual look depending on what kind of environment your job is. Um, I want to make sure that people are covered for whatever need that they might have. Um, I will advise people to kind of think about how they're going to use the photographs. If it's not just going to be for LinkedIn, you might want to have kind of a more relaxed one to use for a dating profile. You might want to mm-hmm. use it for your Facebook profile. Or let's say you do speaking engagements, you might want to have a different photo specifically for whatever flyers you might need to put out or whatever the venue asks you for. So mm-hmm. I, I try to get people's minds off of necessarily being in front of the camera and how they're going to use, and get it more onto how they're going to use the photo, how they want to look, what kind of feeling they want to get across in the photograph. And I use that information to kind of lead the conversation that we have once they get to the studio and in front of the camera. Mm. And then sometimes I'll just say something wild and just to see <laughs> if I can get somebody to laugh because mm-hmm. that's kind of the best. If I can get somebody to laugh and kind of continuously take pictures, that's the the best expression. Mm-hmm. How do you feel your background? Like you were talking about your background in communications mm-hmm. and um, television. How do you think that has played into your ability as a photographer? If I it think has. it's, it it has it helps a lot because um, in being in television production, for one thing, you have to write questions or ask questions of somebody. So I I'm aware of how to start and lead a conversation, kind of pick up on what the person is telling me, and kind of I'll end up talking to somebody about the job they've done, the job they hope to do, 
um, anything funny that might have come up with their with their work or what or an audition they've done. Um, it also helps that being in television in particular, you're looking at people all the time. You're looking at the screen and you see what looks good or what doesn't look good or why that lighting works or how it doesn't work. And you can, I have a, I think I have a better idea of there are times when you look up on screen and you'll see somebody and think, and you're distracted by how they look, hmm. distracted by the look on their face. You're not paying attention to the substance of what they're saying because of how they look. And that helps me with clients uh, doing headshots. I can say, well, this outfit might look good in person. It might not play as well on camera. Mm. So all that, all of that comes into play when I'm working with somebody for headshots. Mm -hmm. So if there is someone out there that is doing photography like you or mm -hmm. like you were doing as a hobby, mm -hmm. but they're interested mm -hmm. in making it a side gig or going professional with it, mm -hmm. what are some, what's some advice, maybe three to five things you would give, suggestions you'd give them in order to make that happen? I would uh, tell them to make sure all their technical skills, they're comfortable with their camera, they're comfortable with um, the software that that we use to retouch and to edit photos. Um, I think, and even I, in the beginning, I was like, oh, well, I can just pick up the camera and take a picture and it's great. But there gets to be a lot more technical things. There's, there's more to it than that. You want to be able to, you have to be prepared for any situation. Like if your lighting doesn't work as well as you think it's working, you need to be able to make adjustments in the camera to to allow for that, then you should be able to use your software, all of that to, to make up for whatever problem you might have. Another thing is uh, deciding what kind of photography you want to do. Not everybody wants to work one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Um, There's some people who love to do weddings and love to do events, but don't want to do um, family portraits or individual portraits. Mm -hmm. um, I I've done a wedding for a, a relative, but that's not something that I want to get into. There's too many moving parts, too many mm -hmm. personalities involved. I think I do work better with individuals. Um, there are people who you just need to find out what kind of photography you want to do and what kind of work it is you want to do and how you want to do it. Um, another thing, a really important thing is if you want to start a business, do you know how do you do you know how to run a business? I'll be the first one to say I I'm not a business person. I when growing up I never thought that I would have or try to run a business on my own. I might have spent a little more time in the school of B if I had thought about that. <laughs> and for people who didn't go to Howard, the school of B is what we call the school of business. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't take a lot of didn't take any business classes. Those are things that I kind of had to catch up with along the way. Um, I've taken classes since then, um, the business of photography and done a lot mm -hmm. of reading and workshops on things like that, but that's something else. That's another thing you need to figure out. Is it going to be something you want to make a living out of, or is it something you just hope to make a little, a little bit of money on? Cause there are a bunch of, there are several legal things that mm -hmm. you need to have in place. And there's always something new that comes up this year. There's a new form you have to fill out to let the government know what kind of business you're running. Mm -hmm. Um, that's another thing you have to be able to keep up with uh, changes and innovations 
the technical ones with cameras and and software and you also need to know about technical things with your business you need to know what kind of um, business software that you're going to use that will make it easier for you to run your business and easier for clients to find you and clients to interact with you as far as billing and scheduling and things like that there's there's so many different things out there that you need to mm. have an idea of how you want to do it and it's better to figure it out before you have a customer than try to figure out after you have a customer if you're set up beforehand before you get your first client it's a little bit better than trying to figure out how to piece everything together afterwards mm -hmm. speaking of technology mm -hmm. let's bring in ai <laughs> yeah there's uh, a lot of controversy with that yeah there yeah there is i see on instagram all the time these ai programs that will take some random photo of yourself that you mm -hmm. took with your phone and will make you a whole set of business professional photos that you can use i've yeah. looked at them i've seen some of them they look um what is the word i'm looking for soulless and avatarish yeah yeah a lot of times they take your picture they take your picture and make you look like some kind of avatar what are mm -hmm. your thoughts on ai and how it's being used and how people are trying to use it i think um both in my main job in, in television news with video and with photography uh, people are going to need to be careful with how they use it there have mm -hmm. already been some cases of um publications getting into trouble for using kind of made up people and articles that are, have been written with AI and that it's causing a lot of problems. Um, people think that AI will solve all kinds of problems or you can just kind of let it go and do it yourself. Mm -hmm. I use, um, Photoshop has some AI uh, features to it and there are AI programs that, I, that can be used to help edit. That will mm -hmm. help to um, do some like time-consuming things, so I can do better overall work. Um, it, but it's things that I already know how to do. It's just that AI will kind of take some time off of a task for me. I would exactly. not try to kind of oh, I messed up the lighting. Let me use AI to fix it. That's not that's not how I plan on using it at all. Mm -hmm. um, I will use uh, text-based AI to maybe help me write captions for photos that I need to post on Instagram or to write templates for emails that I want to send out to clients. But I don't, I don't let it go by itself. I will give it a prompt. I will look at what they write and I will change it up or rewrite it and double check the facts. That's another thing people need to worry to, uh, to check on. Mm -hmm. If you have AI write something for you, make sure the facts are right. It's, yep. AI will pull from who knows where. And mm -hmm. information won't be correct. It still needs um, needs human tweaking. It needs a human yeah. eye on everything. Um, yeah. As far as for headshots, I know a lot of uh, some headshot photographers are concerned that it could take business away. But like I said before, some of those pictures are soulless. That's not, mm -hmm. again, what you want to put out there. Um, <clears throat> you put an AI photo up on LinkedIn or on your dating profile people if people don't know that it's an ai photograph then when they meet you they're going to know it yeah um, there's there's something about taking a picture of you and committing that to film or a digital file or or print it's still going to be you ai is maybe you but not quite it's yeah just 
still off enough that it's going to make a difference sometimes. Exactly. And like you said, you do really have to check because I know even for myself as a writer, I use mm -hmm. AI kind of like you said, as templates to kind of go through and um, I prompt it to come up with certain things and then I'll get it. I'm reading it. I always have to read it and I have a fact checking mm -hmm. background. So I have to fact check it and I'll right. see stuff like as a doctor, you should love as a doctor, I'm telling you to what, whatever. And I'm like, as a doctor, what doctor? Who are they? You know, where are they right. getting this? What, yeah. what is this? So yeah, it, it kind of sneaks, it can sneak some things in on you that mm -hmm. can actually get you in trouble if you don't follow up and right. fact check it. And I mean, it can be helpful. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're, you're kind of stuck on how to word something, I think that mm -hmm. it can be useful for, but I, I would be really concerned about kind of using that as, you know, here's my information. This is yeah. the information I'm giving you. That's not, that's not what I would use it for right now, if ever, really. At all. Yeah. 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 Well, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, Camille, for your services, how would mm -hmm. they go about doing this? Um, you can contact me at Camille at category five, the number five, photography.com. Uh, you, my website is category five, photography.com. Mm -hmm. And my phone number, the uh, company phone number is 404-594-2285. And if I don't pick up, you can leave me a message or you can text me at that, at that number. I love the category five. <laughs> that's, a, that's actually a little story. My, uh, I named that my company category five photography because I was named after a category five hurricane. Ah. My father uh, liked the name and liked the idea of it. And he told me once that I've lived up to it and I <laughs> will take that. <laughs> I've chosen to take that as a compliment. Yeah. So. Yep. I knew category five at St. Petersburg, Florida. I know mm -hmm. you had to know something about those hurricanes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, thank you so much. I appreciate you being a guest on Mature Lore. I have learned so much. So hopefully the audience has too. And uh, thanks again, Camille. Thank you again for having me. It's been fun. You're listening to the Mature Allure podcast. I'm your host, Sherry O. If you have a topic in mind that you'd like us to cover on Mature Allure, drop us a note in the comments or share it with us on one of our social media channels. Until the next time, remember, self-love is the key to unlocking the radiant allure that shines from within.